and welcome to The Roundtable, a Next Generation Politics podcast. Next Generation Politics is leading a movement of young people committed to building bridges across various divides. I'm Ava, and this week, Kanisha, Madeline, Skylet, and I spoke with one of our beloved podcast editors, Vanessa Chen, as well as her collaborators, Kimmy J and Matthew H., who are working on a documentary about gerrymandering. Yes, gerrymandering. A topic that doesn't get enough attention by young people yet, and has a fundamental impact on voting and electoral politics, making our political system inherently already less just and less democratic before people even get to the ballot box. As such, Vanessa and her partners are investigating what young people know and care about in relation to gerrymandering and its impact on voting disparities based on race and social class. Given how political our team is, we were very interested in this topic, which most of us knew little about since it's not really addressed in high schools, yet we've recognized its impact on our communities. We discussed why voting is important to each of us, how voting can better reflect minority opinions in the decision-making process, and the challenges of an orientation that isn't on uniting the masses, but rather firing up parties' existing bases, and often the most extreme parts of it, thereby further fueling polarization. We all agreed that we have to work to counteract the vision cycle of disempowerment and lack of representation. We also agreed that the students across the country should be taught more about gerrymandering and the importance of local elections and how it affects us, not just historically, but today. Hi, my name is Vanessa. I am a rising junior at Stuyvesant High School, and currently I'm making a documentary along with Kimmy and Matthew focusing on gerrymandering and how gerrymandering can cause a lot of inequities within our political system. Nice to meet you. My name is Kimmy, and I am an international student from South Korea. I'm a rising senior in St. Mary's High School in Manhattan. The founder of this documentary project, and I confined this project to widespread political activism in terms of gerrymandering. I'm Matthew. I'm a rising junior, and I go to Stuyvesant High School. I'm just excited to be a part of this documentary and make info about gerrymandering, you know, more accessible to the public. Hi, my name is Ava Disney. I'm a senior at Clayton High School here in St. Louis. Vanessa and Kimmy and Matthew, I'm so excited to be here. I would like to know more about gerrymandering personally and share my current knowledge of it. Um, and I would like to see how it affects my community and other communities as well. Hi, my name is Kanisha, and I'm a rising senior from Queens, New York. And in addition to being on the podcast, I'm also a facilitator at YVote. And today, I'm just really excited to discuss the different barriers towards voting. Um, as like the program at YVote kind of suggests, we talk about civic engagement and the way young people can get involved in the electoral process a lot. And something that I've definitely learned about more over the last three years has been all of the different ways um, and difficulties and obstacles that various communities have towards voting and how that negatively you know, affects the actual electoral process and makes it less just and less representative of what citizens actually want. So today I'm just excited to you know, delve into that a little bit more and especially how it's being explored by other young people. Hi everyone, my name is Madeline and I'm a rising high school senior from Brooklyn, New York. And in addition to being a podcaster, I'm also a lead civic fellow at our civic fellowship. The one experience that I've ever had with gaining knowledge about gerrymandering and whatnot is actually through YVote. I can't remember the specifics of this event because it was a couple of years ago, but I remember we had this like kind of imaginary scenario mock situation where I took on the role 
of someone who was gerrymandering for a particular, I'm not sure exactly what it was, um, whether it was like to push like uh, for monopolies or corporations and their impact on government and policymaking. I, I was, it was the summer after my freshman year. So I remember I was like Googling like crazy, like half an hour before this event. And I was like, so overwhelmed. I had, had no idea uh, what gerrymandering was at all. And I still have very little knowledge on what it actually is, uh, because I think it's something that's completely glanced over and something that isn't brought to the forefront as much as it definitely should be. Um, so this documentary that you all are creating is so impressive and so exciting, and it's going to have such a great impact on our generation, hopefully. And so I'm excited to learn more about it. Hi, I'm Skyla. I'm a rising senior from Queens, New York. Um, I'm very interested in this like discussion in this documentary uh, because I feel like as someone who is involved in local politics and campaigns, kind of see the way redistricting does affect um, representation and how certain electeds can't run off of different communities because of like things like demographics and income. And I know being a part of two like very different communities that I was raised in, um, you see people saying like their vote does matter, their vote doesn't matter. I noticed that they're very different communities. So I'm really interested to see like, are maybe are they right? Like, does their vote matter sometimes in situations like gerrymandering? And how does gerrymandering affect like voter confidence? Yeah, all of these are great questions. And all of these are answers and questions, honestly, that I don't have the answers to. I think that's why we're doing this documentary. I really want to hear your voices and your opinions. The first question I have for you guys is kind of a warm-up question, right? So why is voting important to you? Why voting is like more personally important to me is, well, I think it's like, I think it, this is kind of reason should be important to everyone is that it's the kind of most like direct um, and in a way like most accessible way to just get involved in democracy if you are a citizen of the United States and you meet all the qualifications because our government is a representative democracy voting is the kind of I think it's more of a duty than just like something you can do and it's something people kind of have to do to make sure our society looks like what we want it to look like and that we actually have some sort of say in how our country develops so I think voting is just important in that it's how we actually make an impact to our formal government structure. And of course, there are other ways of getting involved, you know, that are revolved outside of the electoral process. But I think voting is specifically so important because of how direct it is, rather than, you know, other places where you are, aren't always sure how much of an impact you can have. This is like more of a direct pipeline to having an impact. I definitely agree with Kanisha. I wanted to add a little bit more of a personal look on this and the value of voting to me, just because historically, like my entire background is someone who would not have been able to vote um, until very recently as a woman, as a Hispanic person, as a Jewish person, just historically, those are not people who had their voices heard at all until the, the right to vote and the ability to express themselves and their desires for this country using that right that we have. And the fact that 
I am born in the time period where I cannot be restricted because of my background to vote is something that I find incredibly empowering. And so I would never want that right to be put to waste, um, especially since it has been a fight for generations to get uh, those people uh, have their voices heard and to get them the right to vote. Um, so just because of all of that, I really think that voting is such an incredible opportunity and overall just extremely important. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Madeline. I think that in order to create change, we need to vote. And some people don't realize that at first. Um, but if we try even harder, then we will be able to make a change eventually. Um, and I relate to what you said because I'm biracial, black and white. And I think that seeing more people in office that are from a marginalized community matters so much to one, inspire younger generations and two, to create change that affects those communities. Um, so I think that if we get a more diverse community in political stances, then it can create even more change as well. Yeah, I definitely resonate with Madeline and Ava were saying about they feel like it's their duty because of like their ethnic background. Like I know like me personally, like I'm half black, but it's part of like a black like diaspora that mixed with Native American. So I feel like being both native and black, I have to because when we think about like who legged up this country and what lives were lost, like who got pushed off this land for for America to have this democracy. So I think like knowing that history and what like knowing that my grandmother couldn't vote, like I want to be someone who is involved. And I think too, I think voting is important because you can't really have a functional democracy without like citizen uh, engage, like participation. Because like when you think about it, if every person said, well, my vote, my one vote doesn't matter. Well, then we would have like, we wouldn't have a democracy. So that's why I do think that we all, like Kanisha was saying, we have a duty to vote because we all are participating in this democracy and it only functions when we participate in it. The next question is, how could voting reflect minority opinion in the decision-making process? I don't know if it's like actually voting itself, but I would say it's like the actual like information that goes behind and kind of like the vehicles to voting. Um, so I think like a lot of the reason minority communities don't vote is actually like the very deep rooted and these like long established narratives around people of color. Um, and marginalized people not voting, uh, kind of like what you know everyone is saying earlier, uh, how important it is to have representation of uh, people that aren't just like the most privileged in society actually running. Why that's so impactful is because it gets other people like them to vote. A lot of our districts, kind of like you guys were talking about gerrymandering, you don't see that very often. Like in my district, when I was like looking at the candidates, I'm like, wow, none of these people resonate with like what I want for not like completely but like what I want for my community or who I want to see in office so I think that's one of the big reasons that are more discouraged from voting is because they don't see they don't ever see people like them in government and there's that kind of inherent distrust in how is this person supposed to address my struggles without ever knowing them 
or being close to them. And I think in addition to that, it's also, as everyone was referencing earlier, this long history of disenfranchisement for minority communities. Like, I'm really glad that our younger generation is seeing that as like a reason to vote and a reason to fulfill our civic duties. But I think a lot of people kind of see it as the opposite. It's like, this has been going on forever. So my one vote isn't going to make a difference to that. And there's obviously more logistics of like actual voter registration in these communities or for example, like transportation to get to a polling place. If you're you know, working all the time, you can't take off to vote, things like that. And just not having enough education about voting also contributes to that and disproportionately affects marginalized communities. So I think it's kind of like a confluence of just like, lack of representation, all of these really bad narratives that are still perpetuated to this day, and then just like a systemic lack of education. I completely agree. I think that what I said earlier about how the opinions of minorities can actually be reflected onto the house and maybe things could actually change. The discouragement of minorities leads to not enough diversity in the house. And then that leads to even more problems with disagreement. Um, so I think that if there are more people that the general population can relate to in the house, it can be more uplifting for these people who are voting and more inspiring for younger generations as well. And just building off of that, I think that, well, voting is supposed to be a great equalizer. And if that actually was a reality, it would give minorities just as much say in decision-making as majority groups. Um, unfortunately, that's not really the case because of just um, disenfranchisement and just other factors that get in the way of m minorities um, voting, whether they want to vote or not. But if they had the opportunities to actually show up to polls, and to have their say um, as they're supposed to be, they would have just as much say in government as whites, as men, um, et cetera. And if you think about like the roles in our government that where voting isn't an option, like for instance, the president um, assigning a Supreme Court justice, that's not reflectant on the people of America at all, but voting for the House, for the Senate, like, it actually has the ability to make a difference because of minority votes. And that should be something that's accessible because it's supposed to be through just the way that our government is, is founded upon, um, but unfortunately it isn't. Yeah, I was just gonna build on something Madeline was saying about how voting is supposed to be this like great equalizer and uh, like obviously like very directly related to gerrymandering. I think this actually comes up in New York quite a lot and in other states that stay fixed blue or stay fixed red is the idea that if you have like a contrary belief or anything like that, that you shouldn't vote. I think people who vote with opposing beliefs, whether that's like a blue pocket in a red state or a red pocket in a blue state, it's pretty discouraging to like vote over and over again and feel like you have none of your you know, wishes or needs heard because everyone around you doesn't vote the same way. I think just that phenomenon, it reflects badly on kind of both sides of the political spectrum because, I mean, we talk about some NGP a lot just because of how polarized politics are, that people don't focus on uniting the masses more than they do appealing to the base that they already have. 
I think that same sentiment kind of carries over um, to like marginalized communities voting. It's because even if you do vote or maybe, you know, your friends that are also a part of that community do vote, you don't feel like your needs are ever addressed. It's just affirming what you initially thought about voting is that it's kind of useless and it means that your voice isn't heard. Whereas that's more of a flaw with the system itself rather than the idea of voting or why you should vote. When that disencouragement happens, a lot of times um, I think being engaged in politics too is like almost like a privilege as well, because going to polls um, does take time, especially if you're low income, especially if you work multiple jobs. I've heard like in my own family, well, if, if it doesn't change anything, why am I wasting my time on it? Because, you know, when you're struggling to keep the lights on, it's kind of difficult to go to polling sites. And I know a lot of times I hear like adults in my family as well, like talk about political officials. And I just feel like there's this distance, even if like an official is a minority, because I know that a lot of lower income minorities don't resonate with the suit and tie um, or the, the elected that doesn't really go to their community. You could be a minority and you could be elected official, but that doesn't mean you relate to your community either. Because I do think that there are numerous elected who are minorities that I know many people just don't relate to because they don't address the needs of their community. Exactly. All of these were wonderful answers. So before we go on to gerrymandering in particular, we were just wondering, what do you already know about it? I know Madeline already said that she has a little bit of familiarity with it, but I was just wondering, um, have you guys heard of gerrymandering? Do you know what it means, what it is, how often it happens? I had a brief conversation in my junior government class about it. Still kind of confused. I know that it categorizes a district as Democrat or Republican of a majority party, but I'm not sure who writes it. I'm not sure exactly how it affects the voting process. I don't know everything about gerrymandering, but like I think I know a fair amount of what it is and its impacts. Like if I could kind of define what gerrymandering is, it's because every 10 years when the census goes out, following that and following what people find out about the census based on population and the distributions of population, um, states redraw their districts. And because they redraw their districts, obviously every district has like different demographics. You're supposed to redraw your districts to make like the distribution as even as possible within that state uh, and make sure when people are voting within that district that it's actually representative of the whole population. Um, and the point of redistricting is to make sure you're actually keeping up with how population changes in our country. But when it comes to gerrymandering, it's kind of drawing districts in, I don't know if people have seen them gerrymandering maps, but drawing them in weird ways, trying to like maybe get a lot of communities that support this candidate or this party um, so that party can establish control over that district. And yeah, just going like that. So uh, instead of trying to make, you know, make sure everyone's voice is heard, you're kind of just catering to one party or the other. Um, and gerrymandering also results in like, I, we've all kind of been hinting towards this, but um, it results in often like the redlining of minority communities and making sure that their voices aren't heard because often it's just as certain parties gain control over districts, they're again, the only people that they're going to cater to. So I guess those are kind of like the ramifications of, of gerrymandering is you have a lot of people that even if they vote, their voices 
genuinely aren't heard because of the way these districts are drawn. Um, and it just results in like a lot of political stagnation in those communities. What I found interesting was that they aren't limited to like the 10 year like census. Like I think um, state legislators redraw and um, districts when they want to, like there's no restriction between those 10 years. That was like pretty interesting. I, I don't know much about gerrymandering, but I will say that I know that it's a disruption to democracy. And I think that based on what Kanisha was saying, where we've been seeing this um, recently is um, from the census, the new uh, 10th congressional district and how that covers everything from Sunset Park in Brooklyn uh, to the West Village in Manhattan. Um, and just that huge chunk of, of land with so many different needs. I can assure you that the people in Sunset Park need something completely different from Manhattan Chinatown um, in Park Slope and the East Village. And the fact that all of them are now in the same district um, raises a lot of concerns for me. And it's just like absolutely insane how that's going to be so limiting to so many people now uh, because of that. So that's about the extent to which I know about gerrymandering. Yeah, so I think that everyone had a lot of great insight and we've kind of formed a general understanding of the fundamental issue. But um, just to reiterate, I'll go over the definition of gerrymandering. So um, gerrymandering is a form of manipulation that concerns redistricting electoral boundaries in order to gain an unfair advantage in voting. It uses a method of drawing lines between districts to effectively gather votes for majority parties, and it is controversial because racial and gender-affiliated representation is often influenced during this gerrymandering process. Um, gerrymandering also concerns itself a little less with the number of votes in question and more of the impact of these votes and what they can have on an election. By redrawing these electoral districts, a skillful manipulation kind of emerges wherein one particular party seems to have maximum influence over an area and therefore kind of deals the vote. So um, going on to some statistics that show how gerrymandering is problematic. Since its inception in the early 19th century, gerrymandering has had a noticeable impact on this country's government. It kind of utilizes this ability to redistrict and redraw electoral boundaries. And it's been used to gain majority control in not only state legislature, but also in Congress. Yeah, and entering the modern day, these impacts are made kind of even more conspicuous with the help of data and statistical analysis, which show the that gerrymandering is problematic. So like in a logical sense, there should be a very close correlation between voter sentiment, which is kind of indicated by the percent of votes cast in favor of a particular party and the percentage of seats gained by that same particular party. And looking at the data points, for instance, there's a noticeable trend in, two, in the year 2012 we can kind of see this distinct contrast between these percentages indicating that the raw number of votes for a particular party is like kind of somehow being disproportionated, likely through redistricting. So one concerning trend that we may note is the increasingly less reflective nature of the popular vote as we continue in time, kind of highlighting how prevalent this issue has become. Yeah, so on the next slide, I won't go too much into the website itself, but svds.com has kind of compiled data on gerrymandering in each state and these electoral districts within the constituency into a kind of interactive visual. So very briefly, we can kind of note that the more like quote unquote squiggly districts often correspond to a singular party, party controlling the redistricting process, which kind of leads to more partisan districts. 
And um, looking to the right-hand side of the page, we can also see the, the effects that this gerrymandering has on Congress as the expected versus actual seats don't really match up. Basically, all these statistics combined can kind of give us a picture, an overview of how prevalent this issue is in America. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. So after kind of like learning about these really troubling statistics, should students be taught about gerrymandering? Why do you have to be in a higher institution or have this type of level of education in order to learn about gerrymandering? Okay, um, I guess I think Ava said that she's taken like a gov class before, uh, but that's what I'm going to be taking next semester. And I was like looking at the um, like the like AP government curriculum and the regular curriculums and stuff. Luckily, New York State does mandate that every high school graduate has to take a government class um, during their senior year, I think. But um, I mean, gerrymandering is a part of it, but I think it's more about just like knowing the vocab word than knowing its actual ramifications or how it plays out in New York. Um, because I think a lot of people, I think like what most people know about gerrymandering is kind of like the surface level. You redraw districts, you draw them kind of like you guys were saying, weird squiggly lines, and that leaves out some people. And that's kind of where that knowledge ends. Um, and I think like, when we talk about gerrymandering, it needs to be one of more accessible, like probably a bigger part of our like New York State government like curriculum, but also understanding how it affects like people's actual communities, especially those communities that are affected by gerrymandering. Or for example, like I think especially if your school has majority of minority communities, there should be some like responsibility and that you are educating people who probably haven't been educated about um, gerrymandering or like voting disparities about that and also tying it into like how it actually affects people's everyday lives because I think this isn't just a problem with like a government class it's kind of a problem with a lot of our classes there's no point in the class where it's shown okay this thing is applicable to your real life and I think especially with like your government and economics classes that you have to take your senior year of high school, also the year that where a lot of people turn 18 and actually become adults, is that it's never shown how you can take this knowledge. So I think people are learning about gerrymandering now, but they're not really learning what actually matters about it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I know for me personally, I know I learned about it in my history class, making US history class, and we touched on how it was like an issue. Um, it was an issue like back then, but I feel like it wasn't really shown that it's still an issue now because I feel like a lot of times like in history classes, we learn about these issues and we learn about how bad they were back then and then kind of act like it's all better now, but it's not. It's really not. So I, I think like showing that like continuity, how it's applicable now is really important. I think it should be something that's universal because I feel like depending on where you go to speaking, like from a place of privilege, I go to school in New York City where education is um, is less restricted than in other places. And this is like a part of a larger issue as well. But like, I don't think that my education should be more reflective of like current social issues than somebody else's. So I think that that speaks to a completely other issue, but it kind of all ties in. I think that it's really important for students to be taught this just to reiterate because 
we need to be aware of how to best impact our community and be aware of what's going on in our communities so that we can um, rise to the occasion to show up to vote and make other positive impacts on local politics where we can. But I also think that even though New York City does have that mandatory government class, I have no idea that that would be enough even. I mean, obviously, I'm not aware of what an, of what a gov or AP gov class would consist of. I, I haven't done that research that Kanisha yet has. Um, but it's hard to imagine that you can fit everything that you need to know about politics and about uh, voting and about voter suppression within a semester or within two semesters. And if you're not taking an AP Gov class, you're probably just taking a one semester government class and then it switches to economics. So if anything, I think that this should be taught to students even younger than their 17, 18 year old. I think that it should be taught in theory, not necessarily with these like intimidating words like gerrymandering starting in middle school probably just to at least lay some foundation for what's going on in our communities um, because it's incredibly important to be aware of. Regarding education, the U.S. isn't the best at it, to say it nicely, but this is such a large and complex topic that like what Madeline said, this needs to be taught earlier on in a more understanding way. Um, because politics follows the majority of people throughout their whole entire life, many people need to know about this stuff because it is relevant to them and it could affect their communities and they might not know it. But it's important to know about this, try your best to learn, um, ask questions if you don't understand, because this is like I said, very important and not many people know about it. I think like, I don't want to open a can of worms, but I think just in general, when it comes to like, especially like history education in um, our city, like history is done with a very, like, it's just like through a historical lens rather than like a current event lens. So I think like, I think that that sentiment in general in education is what kind of detaches people from a lot of these issues is because they're seen as external and they, these are issues you learn about in the classroom and they kind of stop there. I think most people don't really embrace in a classroom that, oh, I'm learning about this and I can see it reflected in my own life. Um, and that's kind of like the problem with our education system is that it's just seen as a place to like gain this body of knowledge rather than something that you carry forward, which it really should be. So I think especially when it comes, like I totally agree with what Madeline was saying, like scaffolding this type of education through like younger ages, like middle school and then throughout high school is super important because I think it just like really teaches people how to, I, for lack of a better word, like internalize these lessons um, and make them into something useful and like instill values in students that they can carry for a long time rather than like a few like flashcards that they forget after their class is over, so. Yeah, more on what you were about like journalizing, learning about issues like gerrymandering makes it important because you know, you wanna go out and vote for state legislators that you trust. Learning about gerrymandering also helps get people involved in local politics.
That's all for today with Next Generation Politics. I'm editor Vanessa Chen signing off. Please check out our website at www.nextgenpolitics.org podcast for links related to what we've discussed and to find out more about our work. And please recommend us to your civic-minded friends or to your friends you'd like to become more civic-minded.